0: Welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. My name is Caitlin, no last name. Uh, I'm a writer and editor for Anime Feminist. And today we will be watch- I will be talking about Torador episodes seven to thirteen, along with my good friends Dee and Fry.
1: Hi, I'm Dee. I am the managing editor at Annie Femme. Um, I also you can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can hang out with me on Twitter at Jose Nextdoor.
2: Hey, uh, I'm Vry, they them, I always forget to say that on these, and uh, I'm a writer and editor at Anime Feminist. You can find the stuff that I freelance on my Twitter, at Writer and you can find the other podcast I co-host at Trashpod.
0: So, Torador, episodes 7 to 13, uh, they go to the beach, they have a school festival, Taga is insecure about her body, Minari... Worked out her issues, uh, and Ami <laughs> continues to be amazing and terrible at the same time. So, how did you guys like this stretch of episodes? Vra, you can go first. Uh. <laughs> I think I
1: was—I think I'm a little bit higher than you are on this stretch, but I'm curious to—I'm curious to hear your thoughts first.
2: Um, I. I really liked the festival arc. I think it's good that I had the podcast to force me to get that far because if I had just been watching it casually, I would have dropped the fuck out of it uh, during the the pool arc. Because I think the thing about Toradora is that part of how it's aged is that I can appreciate that its whole thing is here are some rom-com misunderstanding tropes but we've put human pathos on them but the problem is that then you have to spend half of the episode waiting for them to play out the thing normally before they dig underneath it and that gets real tiring especially with the love triangle summer vacation stuff but yeah i really liked the end of the first half so i guess it was worth it
0: (laughs) i
1: yeah I, i definitely had a similar uh Somewhat similar experience with this work. I think I think Quintora Dora. I think its highs are extremely highs, like top tier young adult uh, school fiction. Like it's really really good. And the school festival arc, like I had tears in my eyes. A few parts in that last episode, which I wasn't really expecting. Mm, and I might was, have teared up a little. Yeah, it was there. It's there's some really just good, genuine, powerful moments about these kids who. Are, who start off, you know, looking like very familiar anime archetypes and are a lot more than that. And I really appreciate watching that happen. But like you said, Vry, because it is also working with these archetypes and these rom-com cliches that I am kind of sick of, um, anytime it sort of leans into those, I get really angry at it. Um, I spent the first few episodes... I watched these kind of weird because, uh, listeners, it, it took us a while to... Uh, Scheduled the second episode, so it's been a little bit since we watched the first uh, six, and I watched the first three at a different time than I watched the last four, like about a week apart from each other. And I was watching those first three, going, "Oh, this this might be a rough podcast. I might I might be kind of mean." But then the last <laughs> half was really really good. So no, I, I'm with you on that, Vry. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we had the watch along to kind of push us through some of the some of the bullshit. Um, which even, even the swimsuits, the swimming, the swimming pool arc, I guess we can call it, which I think is where the show of what we've seen of it, I think is where it falls the strongest into the trap of just doing the tropes instead of commenting on them. Mm -hmm. Um, even there, there's a few moments that are, that are, that are really good.
2: Um, like there were, there were a couple moments in that mostly with, with Tyga that I quite liked, but for the most part, the ratio was not sufficient. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then and then the further we get into it, the more it feels like... It. I'll be curious to see how the second half goes, because right now I can't tell if the writer is a writer who's, like, genuinely good at writing, like, interpersonal relationships and character arcs, and, like, just has this weird genuine interest in these kind of cliche, these kind of shitty cliches, or if the writer intentionally put those in at the front and is trying to strip them away. Like, I don't know if the cliches are there on purpose or kind of by accident. So um, either way, there's definitely more in this stretch to like than to, than to criticize, I think.
2: Yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out whether it's because I think I mentioned this in the first episode. I don't really like love misunderstanding shows. Mm -hmm. where it's just like an ensemble cast and they're gonna swap around a little bit and eventually end up with the person you thought they were gonna end up with from the start. Um, So I I was trying to figure out whether the tropes that I found more grating were so because the genre, the medium as a whole has kind of, they've fallen out of fashion. Or whether it's just my dislike for that that thing of the genre. Because I think part of the reason I liked the stuff with Tyga's dad so much is because... You still see that played straight more often than not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is very true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I really
0: appreciated with the stuff with Tega's dad because I feel like a lot of anime and media in general places a lot of emphasis on birth parents. Like, oh well, he's your dad. Like, of course you should want to be with him. Like, you know, you of course you should love him. And it's like, and Toradora has the courage to stand up and be like, actually, no. Taga's dad is an off, like just a complete piece of shit and she he like she deserves better than him and like it is incredibly unhealthy for her to like act to spend a lot of time with him.
2: Well and even beyond the whole blood relation thing, the fact that 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 whole justification of, well, they're trying, I feel like shows up a lot without mm-hmm. concern for how for the net effect of their, their fuck-ups on their kid. Like, even Tiger and Bunny does that. Right. Like,
0: I mean, Tiger and Bunny- Tiger and Bunny
2: has the Spider-Man defense, but Kotetsu's still a shitty dad.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like Tiger and Bunny kind- I wish it owned it more in the end. But, like, because t- it, it does have some awareness of just how rough it is on Kaede, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Yeah, if y'all want to
1: have a a Tiger and Bunny retrospective podcast, by all means, uh, Uh, have at it. But I can't, I can't engage Um, with this conversation much. I'm sorry.
0: um, But anyway, but like, yeah, it's, it's, and at the same time, it's not just cut and dry. Like, oh, Ryuji's saying this because he thinks that uh, this is, you know, biological family equals best like he's clearly got his own issues tied up in this too but let's let's save that discussion let's go i because i i think it's worth going chronologically for this step uh stretch Mm -hmm. of episodes and i feel like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit Mm. we can we
1: can we can jump back into the the swimming pool arc
0: Mm okay so yeah so the swimming pool arc aka Uh, on the itty bitty titty committee. Sorry, that's (laughs) crass, but it's just really fun to say. And what is feminism if you're not allowed to be crass every so often? (laughs) So. Thanks, Caitlin. Uh,
1: yeah, that is, that is the episode. It is the thing. One thing I, I generally like about Toradora, even when it does kind of fall into some nonsense, which we'll definitely get into with the swimming pool episodes, Um, is it regularly zigs when I think it's going to zag. Like, when they get into Taiga being all freaked out about the swimsuit. I figured it was probably, like, a body image thing. But, which is, I mean, typical. You see the, like, uh, flat-chested girl who's concerned about her chest shows up in anime a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, it shows up in Western media, too, but but it's constant in anime. And it's usually played as a gag or an excuse for, like, an exorbitant amount of fan service um and here while there is some fan service and we can talk about that later uh for the most part like they play it really sympathetically um when taiga sort of comes out to ryuji about why she's upset and how like i got bullied about this last year and i'm really worried that yusaku going to laugh at me um it's 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 a very genuine sincere moment of of somebody with with you know body image insecurities and I think you know whether or not you're flat chested or not I think that the way they play it 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 can it resonates with anybody who's ever been a little bit insecure. Minori even has a comment when they get into the swimsuit about like I'm just going to stay in the water the whole time so nobody notices my belly flab (laughs) so it's it's that sense of like you know everybody's kind of insecure.
0: She says it in that very typically teary way of hers but like you know in the way that's like oh she's Saying it like, you know, she's doing her thing where she's being cheerful in a way that's kind of covering up for uh more unhappy Minori feelings. uses
1: humor to mask her insecurities and
2: boy howdy do I resonate with Minori. <laughs> I, I think it's like especially what makes the Taiga stuff even stronger because like I'm definitely somebody who always gets super turned off by small chest anime nonsense maybe because I got boobs when I was like nine and it's just like lugging around five pounds of dysphoria on your chest for two decades um but Mm, yeah I think Mm. I, I think um it it really is something that the show doesn't like Ryuji helps her out in the end and that was really sweet but it's not because he's like oh but I think you're pretty just how you are like that is not what makes her feel better
1: that is true. He's like, well, let's yeah. see if we can find a workaround for you so that you'll feel more comfortable at the pool. He's a sweet boy. He is a sweet boy. I like that this arc shows that he is by no means perfect. Like, I really like Ryuji, mm-hmm. but he is still a, a, a teenager with a lot of, uh, with, who's very short sighted. And he's like, he has emotional intelligence, but he thinks he understands a lot more than he does. And yeah. I think this arc does a nice job of showing how. In his attempts to help the people he cares about, he ends up causing more troubles because he assumes he knows what's going on, even though mm-hmm. Taiga is constantly telling him, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and Minori does, too, with the later in the arc. Yeah, I mean, we get that
0: again. We get that. Minori's like, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. And he's like, no, I yeah, do." Yeah, we get that later
1: with Taiga's dad. But I think we see that in this arc as well, where Taiga kind of yells at him about, like, quit acting like you understand me. I barely understand myself most of the time. Hmm. Yeah. I like Taiga quite a bit in this arc. They I think because they they pulled back on the uh like sticky shenanigans.
2: Um Yeah, there's like there's a couple but and then it mostly there's one or two and it mostly goes away after that. It was good.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more focused on like the pathos of being Taiga and how like And and that's another thing where it's like it's sort of like it starts off with the trope and then it sort of pulls away from that. It's like she's a tsundere cause she's really messed up. Like she's got like a lot of like insecurities and issues from her, you know, from her life from being small and scrawny and like having a garbage family and just being treated like a child like, and she, like, she lacks a lot of, it's not just that she's, she's tsundere, it's that she is really emotionally immature um, because of her circumstances. And it
2: all sort of, like, it all fits together really nicely and really well. I mean, it's like, with with Minorin using uh, humor, with Taiga, it's easier for her to get mad than admit that she's hurt, because then she has to deal with that and ask things to change. And in certain cases, like with, like with her dad, it's not gonna change. Not anytime soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to be vulnerable. um, And especially in high school. And I think, I think the show does a nice job of showing uh, the, the very, the many different kinds of coping mechanisms that um, I think a lot of high schoolers use to kind of survive that period of like deep insecurity and not really getting, understanding yourself and your relationship with others are in flux and everything's a mess um yeah and I think I think Taiga's Taiga's like tsundere archetype starts to look like somebody who's had to be self-reliant because nobody in her, you know, family has ever she's ever been
0: able to rely on them. Um but she lacks the skills to be self-reliant because she never was never taught them and so her place is a mess and she eats takeout every day and she like pushes everyone around her away. Yeah, she's... <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I interrupted. That was...
1: <laughs> no, I agree with you. Tyga, I mean, I think all of these kids are, are messes to various degrees, but Tyga's, I mean, clearly one of, the, one of the biggest messes because she, again, I think that the fact that she really didn't have a support network until maybe the past couple of years, I'm not sure when she and Minori became friends. I think high school. So I think they've been friends for about a year at this point. Um, and you don't get the sense that she really had much in the way of friends in middle school. Like, we've not gotten any sense of that. So... I think that uh I think that I think that's had a I think that's had a very strong impact on her and is why she because like I mean Ryu's mom is not like the most there for you parent but she's she's sweet she clearly loves her son um I like mm-hmm. the part where she gets upset about taiga moving away and she basically says taiga's a member of our family now
2: who the hell is this yeah. guy Ryuji's <laughs> <laughs> mom is good and I like that it mostly avoids like playing dumb bimbo jokes on her, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, she comes across as like a little bit airheaded, but then you see her at her job, and she's clearly good at it, and kind of knows how to work a room, and you know is is supporting the family and, and is being and is there, I think, emotionally for Ryu as as much as she can be. So, um, yeah, I I think that that shows you it's... why Ryu is you know why why he isn't perfect and definitely has mm-hmm. a a really good arc in this stretch. I think where he realizes like how little he understands and how he was projecting on taiga and acting selfishly and all that um
0: yeah because she's got I, yasuko has a really has a really powerful like young mom doing her best mm-hmm. vibe
2: yeah. with clear emotional intelligence like because she would have to yeah. in her job
1: oh yeah absolutely again she picks up on she picks up on the fact that taiga's dad sucks like through a like very short conversation <laughs>
0: so <laughs> yeah and, i'm, I'm uh, kind of come yeah. there's reasons for, there's reasons for all of these things too like torador is very well mm-hmm. crafted
2: i'm kind of coming around on on ami but boy did it take till the end of this stretch of episodes because because she sucks for a while there right and well that's the thing is she sucks for a while and then she gets a little bit but i better. kind of feel like it The reasons I was annoyed with her weren't necessarily her fault. Like, it felt less like she's coming out of her shell and more like they're figuring out how to write her now. Because, like, I like that she's sort of the- I like that she's sort of vain and loves attention, but it- by the- she's doing some of the same things by the school festival arc, but it's more- it can't figure out if it wants to use her as a vehicle for fan service or like if it wants her to be sort of the love triangle instigator or like if she needs to be we need conflict for this arc. And then it kind of settles into she's antagonistic and has these flaws, but she she's she's OK underneath and she's getting there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think and I think from I I, I personally think it's deliberate because you know, at the start, like Yusuke was Yusaku. Yusaku, yeah. Yusaku, yeah. Yusaku was like, yeah, yep. Yeah, I have known her forever. She's awful, isn't she? She is just absolutely the worst. <laughs> uh, have fun with her, guys. Um, and then like she has through, but there's this sense that she's never had like a real connection with other people. And so, like, now that she is actually, like, making friends and, like, spending time with people in a real way, um, and actually being herself, um, that she is actually, like, becoming her herself is becoming better.
1: Yeah, I think I know what you mean, because I was thinking about Ami over the stretch, because, like you, I kind of got to the last episode where she and Ryu have that conversation by the vending machines, um, where she kind of talks about the two of them being on the same path which I'm not 100% sure what she means by that Um, but she's like it's fine I talked to Tyga I'm gonna let her be the the hero for one of the shows and throughout that conversation I was like Ami is good this week kind of right? huh <laughs> um, and and one thing I do like Caitlin and, and this I think is kind of what you were talking about as well, is there was a lot of the time in anime where you have a character who's kind of, or in fiction in general, you have a character who's kind of shitty, there'll be some big dramatic turning point where they go from being kind of shitty to being a pretty to being a pretty good character, like having this, you know, significant mm-hmm. personality shift. And over the course of these seven episodes, it's so subtle, you don't even really realize it until you're in the last episode, and you're like, oh, Ami's actually being kind of supportive here. This is cool. Yeah, um, Ami's a bro. And I, I like... I like that subtle where it's not like any one big thing happened. It's just like they spent time together. They got to know each other. She became more comfortable with this group of people and, and sort of started to care about them, which made her be less shitty because she didn't want to hurt them. Whereas early on she didn't care. So I yeah. do, I, I do like the, the, the subtlety of that, of that shift where there's not, there's no big melodramatic moment. Cause I think that's true of a lot of people like much like Tyga. I don't know. I don't know how many real friends Ami's had over the course of her life um it
0: doesn't seem like it doesn't right
1: um just based on especially since she's kind of been insulated by this uh child fame thing um and so I think a lot of the time it isn't a big dramatic thing it's just a matter of like I found people I care about and now I'm slowly starting to open up and that is just naturally causing me to change for the better uh so so I do I do appreciate the 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 quietness of that of that arc in the background here because I think these episodes are very focused on Taiga and Ryu and Minori um, and then Ami's just a little bit of a background character but you see her gradually getting better which I liked.
2: <laughs> Yusaku will have a character trade someday. <laughs> will he?
1: <laughs> he's kind you know, of a dork. He had a few moments this arc where I was like, you're kind of a dork. You're all right. Um, I, I, I kind of get why Taiga likes him because he's sweet. Um, he's nice to her. A lot of people at school Kind of aren't mm-hmm. like they just ante- anticipate her being nasty. Um, and Yusaku's pretty sweet to her, so I get it. Um, this is one of those, one of the very few rom-coms where there's this big tangled relationship, pentangle, or whatever it is. And I genuinely understand everyone's affections like i get why ryu likes minori i get why taiga likes yusaku i get why uh, ami's developing is why ami is into ryu i get why taiga and ryu are slowly becoming into each other even if they're not totally aware of that yet like all of these (laughs) relationships and all of these bonds like they're integrated into the story in a way where i don't just feel like it's manufactured for drama like i understand why these characters like each other and are hanging out
0: yeah like there there's it's it's like we always talk about when we talk about romances, like what would they t- when the two characters, like after the all of the stuff wears off, like the initial drama wears off, like what would these characters talk about? Like, can we see them hanging out together or like like bumming around together in their living room on a on a slow day or something like that, right? Like and I can totally see that for these characters like just sort of casually spending time Mm -hmm. together and i think it
1: helps that we get some Um, of those conversations some of those kind of just quiet moments of two people just bonding over something um which is really nice um
0: yeah like it's a really good balance of them like of the like the big conversations that you have like and also like just like teenagers fucking around yeah
1: i think there's some really good moments in the summer break arc with ryu and minori um Mm -hmm.
0: which yeah right
1: before we get to that one thing i want to say about the swimming pool arc because i was basically enjoying their whole thing with the body image and then the fucking boob cups pop out and they just had to work (sighs) in uh ryu sort of necessarily needing to kind of grope taiga and i was like why why did that have to be in there there was no reason for it
0: in its defense, it didn't come across super like sexualized.
1: No, it wasn't skeevy and like a, oh look, Ryu's getting turned on. This is super inappropriate. But the fact that it was in there at all was very much it. That was again. I was talking about how how organic a lot of the material in this feels. That felt extremely manufactured.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially since for, he's really good at handicrafts and would know how to secure those.
1: That's a good point.
2: Um,
1: well, and and again, it was it was really just uh, we need to. In, it it was humiliation based in a way i really don't like like this show has a little bit of fan service but it's generally in the vein of like ami knows she's hot and is flaunting it you know um yeah. and that moment it wasn't fan service
2: exactly but it was it was sort of like that sex comedy um right the, the there is a certain tro- type of fan service that's about seeing a haughty character vulnerable even if you're not seeing their boobs
1: yeah and that that felt like it was a moment that wanted to inject like sexual tension even though it doesn't even get commented on in the next episode that's it was so pointless it was so
0: pointless there was yeah there i there was like a point where taiga seemed like a little extra uncomfortable around ryuji but they got over it really quickly yeah
1: which i mean i appreciate that i appreciate they didn't turn it into a whole thing yeah. but again just didn't need to be there no reason for it it
2: could have been the the the, the flu arc from kaguya and we were spared that
1: this is true
2: yeah, that was a low point for that yeah.
0: so, that show. Um, But, yeah, no, like, it didn't bother me. You have really good points. It didn't bother me too much at the time. But, yeah, it does feel a little bit like Tyga was being too prideful and was valuing her, valuing that over her literal life. And so, like, she had to have, like this is like a knocking her down sort of thing. Like I can see that because your life is being able to breathe is more important than people seeing that you have a flat chest and tried to hide it, which I guess when you're a teenager, it does feel like I am going to die
2: right now. This is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Yeah, I, I do feel for her at that point. Cause like she knows she was teased for that. And like, can you imagine it would never oh, stop oh yeah i i feel yeah, for yeah no
0: her. the teasing is going to get so much worse now that she's like tried to hide yeah, it yeah
1: i just again i just hate the way they resolved yeah. it with like the mm-hmm. only the only solution is a groping scene mm-hmm. um so yeah anyway yeah.
0: Uh, let's uh let's move on things get a the lot the, better the after the, after
1: that that was the low point for me
0: this the summer vacation Yeah. Arc.
1: um i really like Ryu and Minori together <laughs> turns out (laughs) they have i think that arc was really about the two of them bonding um and i like that it starts with minori kind of reaching out to him in the sense of like hey you're being really nice and supportive to taiga and thank you because she's my friend too and then them slowly finding that they have things in common like they both um they both kind of take care of their family so they're both pretty good in the kitchen um and they have these really nice open conversations with each other Mm -hmm. that I I really appreciated those quiet moments um, with uh, Minori kind of talking about how she really wants to believe in ghosts, even though she's never seen one, she wants that proof and how uh, love for her is kind of the same way where she's never felt it, but she does want to believe that it's, that it's real. Um, And uh, Vrya, I believe what you said in the Slack chat was Minori said arrow, right. (laughs) Wasn't that
0: about it? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I always... I'll be real, as a late bloomer myself, I always have mixed feelings about those readings, which obviously Aro people deserve representation too. Um, But I also have had almost verbatim conversations uh, as myself in high school when I really wanted to find someone to fall in love with and and didn't develop crushes easily. Um and so like I found that like personally very relatable to my clearly not a row experience.
2: Um but yeah.
0: Both readings are <laughs> Yeah, noted. and I think
2: there's something like to, you know, the whole what the fuck you call it, uh the prioritization you know, the you only show the important things in fiction. You don't show the billion casual conversations, you only focus in on the things that are meant to tell us something about the character and where they're going to go so when somebody brings up i've never fallen in love usually it's something like bloom into you where you does fall in love by the end of the series you know whatever is true of anything else and i think I, I think it is neat that Toradora doesn't seem to be leaning towards that. Like, it would be cool if that was one of the things it was subverting. Is like, no, I've never really felt love, but, I mean, clearly she she loves her friends. And then if she doesn't have a dramatic, like, I'm gonna hate it if she falls for Ryuji by the end of the series, only only to find <laughs> that he's he's now got feelings for Taiga instead.
1: Yeah, I I really hope that Minori's arc is a friendship one. Um, I'm prepared to be disappointed um, because while I I definitely agree with you, Caitlin, I think Minori's, I mean, I'm not I'm not aromantic. I I am ace. Uh, And but her having that conversation she had with him about like, yeah, I've never felt this personally, but like everyone talks about it. So I assume it's real. And I wonder if I'll ever feel that Um, that pinged for me, like in a different way for sure um but i i know what you mean like i think a lot of teenagers you get into high school and it's like oh everybody around me is like it starts in middle school most of the time is having these like you know very um intense emotional romantic romantic adjacent uh experiences and i'm not that's odd um so i think minori can can uh resonate with a lot of of different people for that reason um
2: Mm-hmm. But I would
1: like for her story not to be the oh you just haven't found the right one and you will at the end of this and then you'll you'll know what love
2: is. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> and, and it it went really weird at the end of the cultural festival where they have that pe- uh, that moment where Minori is like maybe I'm into girls and Ryuji because he's still crushing it as an awkward dumb teenager and is is like well I hope you're not and she's like yeah me too and I'm like oh I don't like that.
1: Yeah. Oh. I. So the one. In the first stretch, I didn't mention this in the podcast proper, but there was definitely a moment in the first stretch of episodes where I was like, is Minori in love with Taiga? I'm sure. I'm sure I'm just like reading into it. I bet that's not what's happening. Um, and <laughs> like. That conversation is a little bit more vague in the Japanese because I was kind of curious to see how it went down. Um, and. Ryuji does say, like, oh, I kind of hope you aren't, which is, of course, because he has a crush on her, so he doesn't want her to be gay, because then she wouldn't like him back. Um, And her response is just, is just like, soda, which in Japanese is just like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like, it's not, it's not like a one way or the other, it's kind
0: of a little bit more vague. Yeah, soda is like, oh, I see. Yeah, it's like, oh, I see. More. But that, that wouldn't have translated naturally. Yeah.
1: Um, And so... I like that they're leaving it a little bit open with Minori. And, like, again, I don't I don't think their relationship is romantic. Um, I think she and Taiga actually have a very sweet, sincere, like, close platonic friendship relationship. Um, and, but, like, Minori's sense of jealousy because Taiga's spending a little more time with somebody else instead of her. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. also totally fair for... That is,
0: yeah, that's totally, like, normal and... And very like something I've had in my experience very like, oh my best friend is in love and now their other person is kinda of taking up a lot of their yeah. time. Um but I Or they're getting close to someone else and I'm feeling a little bit left behind. Yeah,
1: and so so you get that you get that out of Minori and but I, mean, I think the fact that she really does like Ryu quite a bit, like the two of them get along very well. I think that I hope that will help with things going forward. But I think so often in shows like this, you have those those sort of I don't want to use the word third wheel because Minori is so much more important than that. Um, But you have those you have those the character especially female characters who's like a close friend of the other female character, and as an audience member, you're like, is this more than so? And it never gets addressed in the show. So I do appreciate that Toradora actually has Minori ask that question because I, I I definitely like I know growing up in high school you know like I wasn't really having the I wasn't like attracted to people in the way like uh, media told me I w- was supposed to be and I definitely had a moment where I was like am I gay maybe I'm I don't think so um so I mean having Minori have those conversations with Ryu and kind of wondering about like the stuff that's supposed that I was told is supposed to happen isn't happening what does that mean um, I really like Taiga. Is this more than just a friendship? What am I feeling here? Um, I like that the show is allowing the characters to explore that. It'd be nice if it went someplace with it. I doubt it will. But mm-hmm. I still appreciate that as at least acknowledging that those relationships exist in
2: the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like normally it, it's it's it. I think it says something that about the way her conversations around around like her feelings have been written that I had a moment of like, I feel like I. In, in my heart, I feel like I should be shipping Taiga and Minori, like, a lot. But, like, they're such nice <laughs> friends. Yeah, I, I had moments
1: throughout these episodes where I was like, on the one hand, I think it would be really good if Minori um stays single and her story is a friendship story because those should be just as valid as romances. And then this other part of my brain was like,
0: OT3, though. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's, like, anything but... um just the standard sort of arc mm-hmm. for her, right?
1: I just don't want her to fall in love with Ryu. yeah. yeah. And it and it yeah. to be like a like a like a your typical third wheel love triangle situation. Like I I want her and yeah, I really hope it doesn't go there. Because it could
0: so. Cuz that's literally the whole the second most popular <laughs> the second most popular ship on uh Archive of Our Own is uh Omnir. Go on. <laughs> Huh
1: That's an odd one. I don't feel like they've engaged enough for me to to for me to understand that, but okay, sure, you know. Shippers shippers do what you, do what you need to do. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, no, Minoru was also was spectacular during the during this arc too. Like not just like the um the very good like heart to heart set she's ha she's had, but just her going like, yeah, no, I pretend to be really because so that you guys will will scare me and I'll and taking Yusaku's photos when he just sort of <laughs> oh appears <my> god, <laughs> What a dork. <laughs> I I enjoyed
1: the way the summer break arc in particular played with some of the sort of typical fan servicey type um cliches that you see in shows like this like i thought ryu had walked in on ami in the shower and ami was like and then ami's like oh yes please join me so it wasn't like humiliation driven it was like her teasing him but then she wasn't even <laughs> taking a bath she was just cleaning
2: the shower um
1: <laughs> and then and then taiga actually does walk in on her
2: right yeah but we don't see it we just see her get, get after she's been slapped
0: that's right yeah um i i looking absolutely yeah
1: i i love the way it again it zigs when you think it's gonna zag because it is (laughs) it is playing in these realms of like who hasn't seen the summer break arc the swimming pool arc the the school festival arc Mm -hmm. um it it goes a different direction and then and then Yusaku is the one who actually flashes
2: everybody because he's a big doofus. I saw
0: something dark and
2: hairy Oh, that moment <laughs> of the, the kid who thinks they're like cool and mature and then is confronted with like actual nudity and it's like nope 404 not found. <laughs> ah, pew! I I what was it you That was well played. What was it you said in the the Slack D I before Mina and I, I never really understood what a best girl meant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was always like, you know, I, I've used the term best girl and best boy, but I never really, it's, this was especially during the- You never felt it. I never it. felt it deep in my bones, and this was really during the first half of these episodes where I was struggling a little bit to get into the show. Like, I, didn't, I never hated it, but I just wasn't, mm-hmm. like, invested yet. Um, there were definitely moments where it was like, "I'm really just here for Uh and I was like, "I get it. I understand what the concept of best girl is now." Um, I would die for you, Minaire.
0: Who knew? She's she's yeah. great. She's so great. No, and and I love like like I pretty sure I said last episode. I love that she's just she's just weird. She's just such a weirdo. In the in a fantastic yeah, way. Yeah, she's a goofball.
1: And I, I like that the show, you know, does kind of show that, like, part of this is a defense strategy for her in high school. Like, we've talked about, like, she'll use it to kind of deflect away from um, having more awkward personal conversations. is to just be kind of a goofball. Um, but at the same time, she clearly is also just kind of a goofball. Like, that's the part of her personality that she has chosen to make, like... Mm-hmm the most prominent, like she's clearly much more multifaceted than that, which again, we see in her, some, some of her moments with Taiga and Ryu, which I love. Um, but it's not like the goofball is a complete show. Like it's definitely a part of her, of her personality. And it's um, again, Toradora does such a nice job of showing how like, Different, how you make choices about which part of your personality to put mm-hmm. on display for the rest of the world as a way to like survive social interactions because those are scary. Um, and yeah, Minori's
0: she's crazy. well, and also when that runs up against you know people's assumptions mm-hmm. about yeah. you,
1: yeah, yeah, that's throughout because this as well.
0: No matter what Ryuji tries to do, like people assume that he is scary yeah. when he is. The sweetest, most domestic boy. He's such a
1: sweetheart. When he was getting all excited about the alterations he made to Tagus dress, oh my heart! (laughs) It It was was like you are such a good boy. Uh, You're not perfect, and I appreciate that about you because you'd be boring if you were. Like Ryu is a genuinely Mm -hmm. good protagonist, and so often in these kind of shows, um, the male pro tag is just kind of like a self insert with no real personality. And Mm -hmm. and Ryu's like again has his own arcs, has his own. He's he's a good character. I I enjoy him a lot. Mm Um
0: um yeah I a um, moment I really liked in the um summer vacation arc was also like when they were in the cave and Ami just turns around and she's like yeah you really adore Minori and that is why you guys will never work as a couple because you will never be equal if you worship her like the way that you do yeah
1: i i liked her central point there which and she brings us up in the next during the school festival arc too where she she's like she's clearly into ryu um and so she makes Mm -hmm. some comment like i'm definitely the better match for you because you wouldn't you don't need to put me up on a pedestal like you do with minori like you you know i'm a big i'm a big hot mess Mm -hmm. um but I thought it was kind of interesting that Ami makes that point about, like, oh, you'd never be able to yell at Minari even if you thought she, like, like, you'd never be able to tell her she was wrong even if she was wrong. Um, but then he gets into a fight with her during the school festival arc. So I'm not sure Ami's yeah. right. <laughs> um, I think that's partly, you know, Ami just wanting to discourage him so maybe he'll look elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought I thought that moment where she talks about like the importance of having a balanced relationship and being able to call each other out on your bullshit when you need it. Uh, I thought that was a good a good moment for her.
0: No, I'm so great. <laughs> There's just so many real just really good girls. Her
2: relationship with Tyga has become exactly what I wanted it to be and it gives me life. It's Frenemies. I, I don't like not even fren frenemies in the classical sense, just so much like they openly give each other shit but but like they care whereas i think frenemies is more you pretend to be nice and you fucking hate each other yeah i think that's true yeah. i think
1: yeah they they definitely by the end of it they are kind of doing nice things for each other even though they also bully each other somewhat relentlessly but it's it's very yeah, back and
0: forth <laughs> um, which is good because the give, the give and take is always really important cuz it i feel like it would be really easy to turn into ami just bullying the much more awkward taiga but like taiga gets under ami's skin just as much as ami gets under taiga's skin
1: and uh, and uh, taiga's even gotten to the point where she like will seek ami out just to mess with her like let's get in a fight (laughs) yeah let's do it
0: um yeah just (laughs) just like oh we we didn't get our chance to wrestle i'm gonna go like punch on her while she's flirting with some boys
2: <laughs> and it's nice because I, pro- <laughs> I think that siphons off a lot of the the more irksome slapstick between her and ryuji is because she has that relationship with ami now
1: yeah that helps it, it starts to show that like this is partly how taiga shows affection it's good uh, yeah
0: yeah it's relatable. I, I do
1: like that taiga's relationship with um I think a lot of the time when you, again, the show is stripping away the archetypes. And I think one of the ways it's doing that is a lot of the time when you have like a tsundere or a genki girl, their relationships with every character, are, they basically react the same way with everybody. Um, and I like that mm-hmm. Taiga very much doesn't like her relationship with, again, it's she has that same kind of combativeness with uh, Ryu that she has with Ami, but it's it's it comes from a very different place. Um, but then her relationship with meanery is just like completely open and sweet. And she just loves her. Like she's just, you know, very mm-hmm. nice to her for the most part. Um, yeah. And I like that, you know, it's like different people you respond to differently. Even if, even if you're, even if the persona that you have chosen to display to the world is like angry girl who can take care of herself. Like there's still a wiggle room in that because people are multi-dimensional.
0: <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Speaking of, taiga and her dimensions with other people i think we should get into the uh the uh school festival oh, absolutely arc, uh before we run out of time so i really really like this arc i feel like this is where Toradora best hits its stride it's where the characters various issues sort of start clashing together in a really like uh a good way um and like you really have a sense for who they are and for what's going on under the surface and um it's got those like sort of big heightened emotions but it also feels very grounded like because their motivations are very human like um you know the way that taiga like tries to resist her dad but at the same time she just like she wants his approval and the way that she responds to him just kind of waltzing into her life and waltzing back out and constantly checking her phone is a lot, like a lot of toxic relationships I've had with or that I've seen people with like they're not sufficiently present parents are. Um, and at the same time, like you can see that Ryuji is projecting his own feelings about what he wishes he had on. yeah
1: yeah ryuji has a very romanticized because he never knew his dad he has a very romanticized idea of like well but he's your family and you actually have a and i mean part of it is like you have a chance to know your dad and i didn't which i that scene between them where he kind of grabs her is really intense um Mm -hmm. and i but i i really appreciate that like as soon as he says it he realizes wait a minute (laughs) i'm just projecting i'm being super selfish right now i need to back off um
0: but he still he still continues to project oh he does he absolutely does it take like it takes him a really long time to realize that like no this is not what's best for taiga that her dad is an asshole who's going to like just sort of come and go as he pleases and basically treat her like you know when you get a kid a puppy for christmas and the kid gets bored after two weeks and the puppy is and never takes the dog for walks anymore you know he treats Taga like a hamster but ryuji is just so blinded to that because all he sees is that it, is a dad who suddenly wants to have a relationship with his daughter and it's like i wish i could have that like i wish i like and even though he knows that he's projecting he can't stop
1: yeah it, it's not until you know clo- it's really not until she's up on that stage and they have that shout out for the father who's not there I and mean, he gets that text and he's like you sent this to me you couldn't text your own daughter and he finally has that moment of like oh god everyone was right i was just projecting what i wanted her to have onto her and i didn't know a damn thing about the situation i knew nothing about this guy i just assumed that all dads were you know at heart you know, good people who wanted to have relationships with their kids and would, you know, come, maybe they'd be late at the office, but they'd come rushing over as soon as they could. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he has a very kind of cold splash of reality, which, uh, like we were talking about earlier, is another moment of Toradora kind of pushing back against sort of uh, social norms and standard fictional tropes, especially in anime and manga, where it's like, You should, you know, but they're still your family, no matter how awful they are. And it's like, well, you have to act like family is the thing. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like we've discussed, it's a recurring thing that that Ryuji is learning to pay attention to Taiga when she expresses her own emotions. But especially here, it really feels like he's he's speaking with that additional narrative assumption that all kids who don't who who are angry at their parents are just immature and just don't understand all the really secretly good reasons that their parents had for being shitty to them
0: yeah right because because like his dad is he never knew his dad his mom is someone who tries her best but is not always and and often her best is very good but like has not like always been able to step up in certain ways. Like, obviously, like, she's not, she has, she's left it up to him to be the one to maintain the home. Um, it's like, well, maybe she can't do these typical mom things, but she's doing her best, so it's okay. And I'll meet her halfway there. And so, like, that's sort of his context, and like, that's what he assumes. Like, everyone else's family yeah. is, like... Yeah, like, he um... never assumes
1: parents are perfect, because his mom certainly isn't. He's aware of that. But he has this mm-hmm. idea that, like, at heart, they all genuinely care about their kids and want to be there for them, you know, as best they can. Um, and so I, I, it definitely takes him a while to realize that that is, unfortunately, not always the case, um, and that by pushing Taiga back into this relationship with her dad, he, is, he has only succeeded in having her get hurt again. <laughs>
0: yeah and and i like that it genuinely does come between him and minori for a while that
2: that scene is so good that
0: is a real fight and if it had not resolved itself if he had not like realized what was going on like it could it felt like it could have been a friendship ruiner
1: yeah um thankfully they're both they're both good kids and so you know ryuji realizes what's going on and and rose and i like that minori even said like you know i should have talked to you and told you what had happened in the past because you don't you didn't have the context and um you know communication is also important so uh Mm -hmm. and and she went through a very similar thing exactly
2: and like i i i definitely teared up when they finished the race together (laughs)
1: oh my god that was so good when she comes out of nowhere uh to be a part of the race and they're like no it's boys only and the Stuco press is like no 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 i'll allow it i'm like yes (laughs) it was because a lot of the like beauty pageant mr lucky man stuff felt obnoxiously gendered in a way i think the show has tried to stay away from like gender essentialist um so i like that it that it ended on a note of like minori kind of kind of coming in and also wanting to be the the Not the hero, exactly, but, you know, doesn't want Taiga to be out there alone. So it's like, I'm going to put that crown on her head and dance with her so she can be with somebody who cares about her and can have that support network right now. Um, And so for her and Ryu to have that moment where, because he could have, I thought the show was setting it up because she throws herself at all the other uh, players, which is so good. Again, I was cheering through that whole scene (laughs) with her using, with her throwing the baseball and everything. Um, it could have ended with Ryuji crossing the finish line on his own. I mean, or you know, dramatically sacrificing herself so that the romance could take center stage. Um, and I love that he goes back and takes her hand and the two of them cross the line together so that Tiger mm-hmm. can have both the guy she's starting to develop a crush on and also her best friend, like simultaneously be there for her, um, in, in this her, moment, her support, her support system, system. Yeah. And they're both, yeah, that was the moment where I, I teared up real, real good <laughs> when they crossed that line. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, these good kids. Um, mm-hmm. And then them both like angry clapping when Taiga was on stage and it got silent. Cause Ryuji started to, and I kind of chuckled cause I was like, oh God, it's this. But then it flashes to Minori in the background, in the, at the back of the auditorium, like crying and clapping as well. And I, then I, that got me. I was like, oh no, this is really sweet. Uh, yeah, I love And like, I, was it's really so interesting. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, And the way they juxtapose that against Tyga's, like, internal monologue about, like, I don't need anybody to take care of me. You guys don't need to worry about me. Um, While she's clearly happy that the two of them have have fought for her and are there with her at the end, um, I thought that was a really sweet moment for for all three of them. And I just love these kids. I don't don't care what the romance situation is at the end. I just want them all to be together forever because they love each other so much. And it's very sweet.
0: It's really good. I yeah no uh it's it, it just it really did come to such a like a wonderful conclusion and that really is like what Toradora does best is it's like these moments of these like huge like heightened emotions where like it really feels like this one high school thing really feels like the end of the world um and yeah no it was just yeah no it's fantastic it
1: it it feels like young adult fiction for young adults in a way that i think a lot i think sometimes anime doesn't like there'll be stories about teens but it doesn't feel like they're being written for teenagers
2: right it's um and toradora uh, sorry go ahead
1: sorry no no go ahead you you had a comment
2: no no well just like yeah i think right in terms of it's like ah high school the best days of my life no
1: yeah or you know it really um or sometimes with like some of the fanservicey shit that it comes across as like super skeevy. Um, it feels like Toradora is written for an audience that is the same age as the characters within it. Um, and the way it resonates with some of those big emotions in high school, but also doesn't necessarily like say they're okay. Like again, Ryu, Ryuji does get called out when he's characters get called out when they screw up. Um, I think it does a really good job of balancing those those elements and um, mm-hmm. yeah it feels it's good it's good young adult fiction at this point like I, I yeah. give it a lot of props for that
0: I feel like a lot of fiction set in high school either like super over romanticizes it or is like high school as hell all the time and we just need to survive and I feel like Toradora really captures both the highs and lows of it in a way that like Kind of makes me almost remember what it feels like to be at that age and where, like, everything, like, a lot of things just feel so heightened and all of this stuff feels like so important. And it is important and it is like, it does, like, it does matter. Um,
1: but it's, but it's not, it's not all melodrama all the time either.
0: Yeah. It's not all melodrama all the time. They have fun with their friends, they go to the beach. Um, and it does, like, the the comedy parts really, really well, too. The boy, like, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Haruta fucking up the boy's stupid plot to make a cosplay cafe. I, I love uh. the way they spun
1: that. I also like the way this show handles... We're, we're coming up on the hour, so maybe we'll have to save this conversation for later. I like the way this show handles, like, teenage thirst, because I feel like the horniness of the cast is much more realistic to what it's actually like to be a teenager like nobody comes like when the guys are all having that conversation about like we should have an event a school festival event that like so because we want to see the girls in cute costumes right Mm -hmm. i was Mm -hmm. so when he when he was like hey you guys want to see something or something like that i was so worried it was going to be like a peeping plot line Mm -hmm. because that's where some of these that's where a lot of these shows go um none of the characters like when they when they all come out in their swimsuits like there's parts where the girls are like fawning over some of the boys having like big muscles and there's shots of and again it's it's very heteronormative yeah, it's,
0: being it's yeah yeah what
1: um it's very heteronormative <laughs> but but there's still that sense of balance between um the girls kind of being like oh shit the guys with their shirts off and the guys being like oh man look at the hotties in their swimsuits um and it feels more like teenagers being just kind of thirsty as opposed to like these are future sexual predators (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is so often um Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's minetta from my hero right like Uh, one of the arguments right the the biggest i so often if you say anything about minetta people are like oh he's just a teenage boy that's what they're like and i'm like teenage boys who are sexual predators maybe but uh uh so i like yeah. the way that Toradora plays it as like yeah i mean they they want to you know they want to see each other in their swimsuits and they think the idea of the girls being in cute costumes would be great and they've they've got this secret plan so they'll have a maid cafe or a cosplay cafe or something and
0: then
2: haruta is just
0: too stupid i to, to am to make extremely
2: it work. sad we didn't get to see the entire wrestling show because that was made for me right I loved that that was what they ended up doing because, again, it was one of those
1: where you see a lot of school festival arcs in anime and it's typically like, oh, they run a cafe or they have a haunted house. There's like a few mainstays that always seem to pop up. And so for it to be something so completely different and Mm -hmm. so delightful, just this big, campy pro wrestling show. I thought that was great.
0: Minori in her bald hat. Oh, (laughs) God.
1: (laughs) No, that arc was delightful. And I loved it.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And we're coming up on the top of the hour, so uh, if anyone yeah, else has anything they want to,
2: no, it was, <sighs> yeah, like I feel like I was so positive on the last uh, on the last arc that it sort of smoothed over the kind of grind that was episodes seven through nine or so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely the same for me. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see where the show goes from here.
0: Uh, so next episode we'll talk about episodes. Uh, 14 to 19. Thank you for listening and enjoying this summary Toradora episode that we recorded on a, in the middle of a cold gray winter, at least (laughs) for me. Uh, (laughs) If you like the podcast, you like and uh, review us on iTunes. You can also read our website at animefeminist.com. You can find us on uh, Twitter at animefeminist. You can find us on Tumblr at the same, and you can find us on Facebook at Anime Fem. And uh, remember to take your vitamin D, Anime Fem.